really good to be with you and sharing with you this morning. And it's wonderful to be worshipping with you. I just want to encourage you with something before I start, which is that um, there is the liberty of God's Spirit among you. And, uh, you know, if you don't know that, I want to tell you there is. And I just want to encourage you for that. Because, you know, in my role, I, I go to different churches. And there are some churches you go to and you think, I'm in treacle, uh, or something worse. But, but there's liberty here, and I just really want to encourage you for that. And there's, um, uh, I heard a sermon on the internet uh, last week, and uh, the lady at the end finished with these words, and I thought, and she said, I try and say these words to me to myself every morning. And I think this is true of you, and I share it with you. She said, I am loved unconditionally, forgiven totally, accepted completely, and an eternal daughter of God. So can we say that together? I am loved unconditionally, forgiven totally, accepted completely, and a child of God, son or daughter of God, eternally. I'll write it down and give it to John so that, you know, you can circulate it and then say it, tell tell one another it, you know. Sorry? I I, I don't care. I I don't care. I heard it on the internet, so I don't care. If it was mine, then I'd sue you. But but because it isn't, I I don't care. I don't care. Uh, There's liberty here. So for you to do as you like. Um, So I'm here to share a little bit about the issues about home mission funding. Home mission is the Baptist purse, if you like, through which we support ministry and mission. And it isn't just given to those churches which, if you like, have financial constraints to support their pastors. It's also given to some quite innovative work that's going on around London. I'll share about that uh, briefly a little later on. I'm also here, I hope, to bring some clarity because I was confused. I got an email from Peter Peter Honor and about this church in Deptford uh, that you may be linked to. I rang the pastor and he says, I know nothing about this linkage, etc. He says, what's this to me? But anyway, I'm, uh, what I'm hoping to do is, I was, and I'll do it now actually, there's the details of the church. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, once I've shared about Pastor Joel and where they are and so on, you know, you can get in touch with them and as I share, you'll actually see that there are some quite important needs that they have that you can maybe, you know... Um, make those connections and begin to meet with them. Now, when you think of mission, no, not, not quite yet, but I'll ask my, sl- my first slide in a minute. But when you think of mission, what thoughts, what feelings, what phrases come to your mind? Oh, by the way, before I start, let me say, if you don't answer my question, we'll be here until one. <laughs> okay, so the quicker you answer, the quicker we get done, and then you can go and have your roast turkey or whatever it is you have. Okay, so what you know? What thoughts, feelings, phrases come to your mind when you think of mission? Challenge. Cha- challenge. Okay, challenge. Helping hand. Helping hand. Yeah. Missionary box. Missionary box. Yes. Home mission funding. Missionary box. Give the money. Excellent. Spreading the gospel. They're all very, very helpful and important answers, and all appropriate. And what I want to share with you this morning is, hopefully it's coming up now, 
is what I call the twin faces of mission. There's the obvious face of mission, and there's the less obvious face of mission. Now, this passage that was read to us, we're going to set it in context, if you like. And in the Old Testament, in Leviticus 13, there are these words which says, anyone with a defiling skin disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As they have the disease, as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. And these are the regulations for anyone with a kind of an infectious skin disease. And for us in the 21st century Britain, we might find this a bit difficult. But actually, it's quite logical because, you know, infectious skin diseases spread all over the place. And so you need to keep away. You know, um, my father's just been released from hospital on Friday. He broke his hip about two weeks ago. And, you know, when I had, I had a cold, and it was best that I didn't visit him. He's my father. I wanted to visit him, but I don't want to give him my cold, especially when he's, you know, 78 and he's broken a hip. So it's best to keep away. But, and let me say, you know, I do this. If I do this to you, I, I, I don't apologize, which is if you have a cold or a sneeze and you're on the train, I move away. You know, I don't know if you do that, but I do that. Anyone starts coughing and spluttering, I just get up and move. You know, I think, I don't want that. Um, but... But it's just, it's just a natural way of quarantine or separation, you know. But the difference between then and now is, of course, that, you know, we don't um, marginalize people and exclude people for those things. You remember in the Old Testament, you know, with Job, when he had those adversities, you know, people thought it was because of his sin. And even in the Old New Testament, you know, in John 9, the Pharisees say, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And so we don't have those kinds of, we don't try to shun people or separate people because of those diseases and so on. But you know, other than diseases and ill health, there are many barriers that exist between people. Can you name some of the barriers that exist within our society? Race. Race. It's very obvious at the moment, yeah? Money, yeah? Religion. Communication, how we share with one another. Education. Education. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Something that John said this morning, uh, you can take it up with him, I didn't say it. Men and women. <laughs> Disability. You know. And the thing is that these things are also there within our churches, sadly. That these same divisions are there. But you know, the good news of the gospel is that the Lord came to break barriers. He is the biggest barrier breaker. You know, in Ephesians, you say, you know, Paul writes, remember that you who were Gentiles by birth, separate from Christ, excluded from citizenships in Israel and foreigners to the covenant, that without hope and without God in the world, but Christ Jesus has come so that once you are, those of you who are far away can be brought near through the blood of Christ. And he says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and he destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The Lord Jesus is in the business of breaking barriers and building bridges. And in this passage from Luke 17, we we see the Lord 
breaking barriers and building bridges. And let me just share with you some, something about the first face of mission. Where is the Lord in this passage? We see him walking on the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, how in the Lord's time did the people regard the Samaritans? How did the Jewish community regard the Samaritans? So, sorry, say that again? Scum. That, that, in a sense, actually captures it perfectly. You don't need anything else. They are scum. You know, they are nothing. They're nobodies. And uh, they're treated with contempt. Now, I hope we don't, you know, do the same thing. But, you know, we, I hope we don't call them scum. But, you know, it, it's a bit like how we regard Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. They, they really are not, to use the, the Jewish word, they're not kosher. They're just not kosher. They're not proper people. How was Galilee regarded in those days? Do you know how the Jewish community thought of Galilee? Do you know where Galilee is? It's up. I don't want to insult anyone here, but it's up north. That's right. It's up north. You know. So that's how they regarded them. You know, north of the Watford Gap or the Watford Junction is Galilee. But you know, Isaiah calls it Galilee of the Gentiles. And yet, here we see the Lord walking on this border. If he wanted to, he could have avoided it. He could have taken a long route round and gone round it. But he doesn't. He goes in that border area. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the true Jew of all Jews, the Messiah, goes to that place, to that border area and walks there. In Psalm 24, David says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And you know, everywhere belongs to the Lord. So he can travel through that area of Samaria. There are no no-go areas for the Lord. No no-go areas for the Lord. In mission, there are no no-go areas for us. We must go wherever he sends us. The Lord said to the disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And so the Lord sends us where we, he will. We can't say, I don't want to go there. You know, that's a bit messy, that's a bit uncomfortable. I'm not sure if I'm really cut out for that. It doesn't matter. If he says go, you've got to go. It doesn't matter where he tells you to go, you've just got to go. And we must be prepared to go into those places to extend God's mercy, God's love, God's compassion, God's forgiveness. It means that in our city of London, we must go into the Westminster corridors of power. We must go into the financial heartlands. But it also means that we must grow into the grimiest and dirtiest of slums to bring the good news of Jesus. We can't say we won't go anywhere. Now, there's a... I won't name this gentleman, he has retired, but there was a senior uh, Baptist pastor. I have a passion that all should be one, and one of the communities that are not within our churches are particularly the white working class. You know, they are just not there in our churches, because we are primarily a middle class denomination. And this gentleman said to me, how have we outsourced such work to the Salvation Army? I'm serious, that's what he said. He says, haven't we... I, I thought, did he really say that? He did. 
Haven't we outsourced such work to the Salvation Army? No, we have not outsourced such work to the Salvation Army. We may feel weak, we may feel inadequate, we may feel, I don't have the resources. Good, it's much better if we don't actually have the resources because it's the spirit who resources us and enables us in mission. If we think we've got it, then we'll probably make a mess. If we think we haven't got it, which is a, it's actually a good place because the spirit can lead us and resource us into those areas. We've not outsourced anything. And so we must go wherever the Lord leads us and guides us to share his forgiveness and his goodness. Different approaches will require, different places will require different approaches. But no group is beyond God's grace. Let me just put an aside. How, many, how long have I got? Oh my goodness, it's almost 12. I, I won't be long. I'll be finished shortly. I'm sure we'll be done by one. Um, but, but, you know, the thing is, one of the things, you know, I come from a Hindu background. I'm the first believer in my family. And I've, you know, I've looked at the issues of other faiths and um, what they teach about creation and so on. And one of the things that, it only came to me, I've been a believer 28 years, but it only came to me about six months ago, this thing. Uh, and it's from the Lord, which is that in no other word, scripture, do you have this unique revelation that you have at the beginning of Genesis that we're made in the image of God. Hinduism has something about creation, but it's not that we're made in the image of God. The idea that we're made in the image of God is absolute blasphemy in Islam, because we're totally other. And yet, at the heart of our scripture, right at the start, there is this dignity that's given to every single human being that has ever lived that is living and that will ever live, that we're made in the image of God. Which means that we're so precious to the Lord, it's unbelievable. It blows my mind. You know? There was, there, was, there was a time when I was praying and I said, Lord, I feel like a speck. And he says, yeah, but you're my speck. You're my speck. And we're so precious to the Lord. Everyone out there who doesn't know them, they're all precious to him. Absolutely precious and love that he went to the cross for them. We need to have that heart. They're so precious that we need to go and share the good news of Jesus. And so let me just give you some examples of where this is happening. It's, this is a gentleman called Paul Unsmith. He was a youth pastor at Frampton Park, which is a church in Hackney. And he's gone and set up this thing called, it's coming now, Kahila, which is, means community. It's a cafe in Brick Lane. He went to Brick Lane one day and said, you know, this place is awash with people. Where are all the Christians? They're all in the churches. So this cafe is meeting, there's all kinds of bohemian lifestyle, all kinds of things going on. And he's saying there are people coming into this cafe, hearing the word of God, some beginning their life journeys, etc., beginning ministry with pr pr prisoner people who are coming out of prisons. How can they be rehabilitated into community life? Wonderful work. If you go to Brick Lane, go to this cafe. Great cakes, great pastries, great coffee. But, you know, they, they started with home mission funding. But now they're self-sufficient because they have grown sufficiently. It's a self-sufficient organization now. Wonderful work that's happening. 
If we go to the next one, you, you all know that, that tower thing there, the shard. There's a Baptist pastor who is saying that we, you know, who has this vision to do work, Christian outreach around the shard. And then I think that's City Hall in the front. And so there's all these sort of big government centers, the shard, all of that area around London. We need to bring the gospel into this place. And through the word of my colleague David Shoshani and Sondra, the doors opening, bring, we have Bible studies, etc. So here's someone going to a different locality. At this moment, I don't think this gentleman is supported by her mission, but we hope it can happen. But there is another way of supporting mission. And then here's the gentleman who you don't know, but you are going to know. This is part of Joel Umbala or Joel Indofonsu. And he's from Brazil, and he's ministering in this church, which is 99% um, refugees. And he's ministering to them. People in great need. Gone. Oh, my battery's gone. Okay. Okay. Who says that? Jesus, Master, have pity on us. The lepers. But what are the lepers? What's the community of lepers? Who? What's it made up of? Who? Who are they? Outcasts. So outcasts. Yes. And there's nine of one kind and one of another. Nine what? Ungrateful, but what's their ethnicity, maybe? Nine Jews and one Samaritan. You know, nine Jews and one Samaritan. And how do Samaritans and Jews regard each other? Or how do Jews in particular regard Samaritans? Scum of the earth. Scum of the earth. And yet, here they are together. And you know, when adversity strikes... That, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a Samaritan or if you're a Jew. If you're a leper, you're a leper. And you're together. And they're together. So the ten of them approach the Lord and say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And you know, when we step out in mission and ministry, we find that the divisions that we think of so often are actually broken down. And people come together. There's another thing. There's uh, Heathrow Airport. There's a chaplaincy there. And you know when there was all the snowbound 
uh, thing earlier this year. I mean, we're still in winter, I know. But um, this, is, this is our summer. But people were just together. And there was opportunities to minister to people with faith and no faith because they were just together. Again, Pastor Joel. I think he might be coming up. I'm not sure. This is his church uh, in Deptford. He's he says he's ministering to refugees from the Congo, from Angola, and from different parts because they have a common need. They're coming together. And so when we step out in mission, we find actually there are people with common needs who are together. And that's a great blessing. The second blessing arises out of how they respond to the Lord. They call out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And then the Lord says, you know, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they were he went, they were cleansed. Let me just take you to the Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, there's this gentleman called Naaman, who is a commander of the, of the Aram army. He was cleansed of leprosy. You know, Elisha spoke a word and cleansed him. But do you remember when he was actually told by Elisha's servant, go and wash in the Jordan and you'll be cleansed? What did he say? Did, did, do any of you know what was his initial response? Dirty river, yep. There are no, are there no rivers in Syria? But the, one of the first words he speaks in 2 Kings 5.11 is, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand on call on the name of the Lord, wave his hand over the spot and cure my leprosy. He wants a big theater to happen. But nothing happens. He's just told, go and wash. And the contrast here is these men just obey. The master says, they hear the master's voice and they do it. And there's obedience and there's transformation taking place. And you know, the thing is, if we go on, one of the things we encounter in mission is that people are much more open than we think. Do any of you know about street pastors? Are any of you involved in street pastors? You know, you go out as, I'm not, I want to be trained as a street pastor. People tell me, you go out as a street pastor. And you, and you think, you know, there's all this thing that people don't want to know about faith and about God and God's authority. Actually, there's much more openness than we can ever imagine or think of. And it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing. I'm not saying mission isn't hard, but it's such a blessing. I work among the particular, I have a passion to see Hindus and Sikhs and Muslims come to know the Lord. And people think, oh, that's such a hard mission field. But actually, you know, when you go there, you find that people are hungry and people are open. Even my parents, who are died in the war Hindus, asked me to pray for them. And over the past four years, I've seen more and more opportunities to pray for my parents and my family. So even someone like my sister, who didn't want to know anything, because her husband hasn't got a job, is saying, can you please pray for Ram? He has an interview on this day, etc., etc. There's so much more openness. And we need to be, receive that openness and be blessed by it. The third source of blessing comes through the response of the Samaritan. You know, he's healed and he comes back. And what does he do? He throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And the Lord says, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he says to him, rise and go. Uh, your faith has made you well. The one who's despised, the one who's rejected by the Jewish community is the one who comes to give thanks to the Lord. Isn't that a blessing? The people we least expect are the ones who come to give praise to the Lord. And I've, you know, a couple of years ago, I went to India 
to look at the work of the various issues. And my relatives are all Hindus. But, you know, they couldn't stop praising the work of the Christian missionaries. These are die-in-the-wool, you know, committed Hindus who are saying, as much as we don't want them to convert us, we want to say that these Christians have done fantastic work among the poor, among the women, among the dispossessed, and we have to give that due credit. We don't want them to convert us, but... And there was this praise. And the fourth and truly wonderful source of blessing is that the Samaritan threw himself at the feet of Jesus. Uh, now, for my Hindu culture, I would like to think that he grabbed hold of the Lord's feet, that he clasped the Lord's feet. That's what we do in Hindu culture. When if, you, if you prostrate yourself, you clasp their feet, almost, as a kind of a sign of respect. And, you know, here is a Samaritan man who stood at a distance and said, Jesus, Master, have pity on me. Now he comes, comes close, falls at his feet, and I hope worships him and takes hold of his feet. And so the distance is broken, the barrier is broken, and he comes close to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and worships him. And I find that a wonderful picture and a wonderful blessing. You know, since the murder of um, Lee Rigby, there's been all kinds of issues going on in our society. And we're saying we're divided in all kinds of ways. But let me tell you that there's a, this person isn't supported by home mission funding. But there's Pastor uh, Anthony Pillai Caesar from, from Sri Lanka. He pastors the Zion Tamil Fellowship in London, which is part of the LBA. And he did this wonderful work of bringing the Sinhalese community and the Tamil community who found the Lord together in reconciliation, breaking barriers and building bridges because we're saying that as believers, we're one in Christ. And if I go on, I would invite you to this service on next Saturday at Bloomsbury, which is to give thanks to God for the 65th anniversary, the arrival of the Windrush and bringing the first Caribbeans to this country. And since then, of course, you know, the landscape of Britain has changed. But, you know, this is an opportunity to, yes, remember some of those painful things, but also to say, let us go on to build bridges so that we're one people under Christ in the Lord. So there is obviously, you know, as we go out, you know, we find all these encouragements of course, we minister, but we receive all these encouragements. And if we go to the next slide, please. You know, be open to receive as you give, to be served as you serve, to be blessed as you bless, to be loved as you love. Yes, we give in mission, but we also receive in mission so much more than we can ever anticipate for. So in terms of your response, where is the Lord leading you? as individuals and as a church? Is there a messy, uncomfortable mission field that God is calling to you to? Are you experiencing the joy of receiving more than you give, of being blessed more than you bless, of being served more than you serve, of being loved more than you love? And you know, in true mission, that's what we find. As much as we give, the Lord gives back through the very ones we seek to minister to. 
And as you do that, I know that you will be encouraged and that you'll also encourage others. Let me share with you about Pastor Mbala a final word before I close. Because this is a pastoral situation, and maybe you can get alongside them and pray for them. One pastoral issue, which is they meet in a church, uh, in a building, they have to pay rent, etc., etc., and that is difficult for them because they're all refugees. And they come and they go and, they, and, they, and the government resettles refugees, so, so they lose members. But the other more pertinent issue is Pastor Joel and his wife, uh, Adolescia, are break, you know, their hearts are breaking because they haven't been able to have children. Uh, and obviously, because they're here, they can't receive treatment, so they went back to Brazil for a few months this year. Uh, still nothing's happened. And I know that this is, and I asked, you know, can I actually share this? And he said, yes, please share it with them, because I would really value prayer, because I know that his wife is finding it really difficult. Obviously, they're in a young church, there are families there, they're having children, bringing children for the pastor to bless them. You can imagine how Joel and his wife, Adelicia, feel. So there's a real pastoral need there, and... I share that with you for your prayers and that as you engage in mission, I know that as you bless, you will also be blessed and uh, you will give glory to God. The Lord bless you. Thank you.